Hello and welcome to the Wildcat Scoop podcast. I am your host, S. Shelby Shear. Did you just forget your name? No, I was trying to decide if I should continue to say host or hostess because technically, oh my gosh, you know. Anyway, I'm Shelby and I'm with my co-host, Jason. You gotta say your name. You're definitely forgetting names. I'm not forgetting your name. I was giving you a chance to say your name. We're not even drunk. We haven't. We're even... not. We're tired. We have a sleepover Today party right now. It's been so. a marathon, guys. We have a child spending the night with our daughters. It's been chaos around here. But I did watch the game. Jason was at the game, and I watched it as well. Jason watched Arizona beat Utah tonight at McHale. It was a, it was a good game. It wasn't as high as I predicted, but I didn't also not know that Kira Krista was not going to play tonight. But we still, you know, had pretty good numbers up there. So good offensive production tonight. Arizona defeated Utah, eighty-two sixty-four. What was your biggest takeaway from tonight's game, Jason Shear? I'm glad you asked, Shelby, as we approach our 18th take on this podcast. Uh, <laughs> my biggest takeaway was really, I mean, obviously we'll we'll get to the Kirk Creasa stuff uh, in a little bit, but I think the biggest takeaway, not revolving around what we're going to talk about here throughout the podcast, is Arizona, the ability to just dominate the paint. Uh, you know, Utah finished with 64 total points. Arizona had 56 points in the paint, so almost just outscored Utah in the paint. 24 assists on 33 field goals without your starting point guard um, is, is obviously pretty impressive. And, um, you know, we've said this a few times, but, you know, Arizona, without its starting point guard, not playing all that great, um, you know, all-American type of shooting guard, Ben Mathurin, 4 for 11 from the field, um, it, bench not getting much production, really slow start. And Arizona won a game by 18 points. And really, you could make the argument, didn't play all that well. We haven't seen Arizona's superb game yet, where they just come out firing on all cylinders. Um, and, and eventually, that's, the, to me, probably the closest that has happened was the Illinois game. But um, the fact that Arizona can play an average basketball game and still blow out teams says a lot about Arizona and probably a lot about the conference um, as well. So... I think overall, when you just take a look at the performance, the biggest takeaway is that um, Arizona got away with all those things and, and still dominated Utah. Arizona's key ingredient tonight is clearly Avilas Tubelis. He dominated the game. I believe he finished with 32? Is mm -hmm. that correct? 32, 32 points. points. You were, you were there in person. Why did he score like that? What was he going yeah, to do? Yeah, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, I think he had a block, a couple steals. Uh, best player on the court. Wasn't even close. Um, did what he wanted. And the biggest thing, I think the most impressive thing, was just his overall level of aggression. And after the game, uh, I made a joke that he obviously reads Wildcat Authority because we've had threads about how he looks skinnier about how he doesn't look as involved, and then he comes out super aggressive um, and just dominates the game. It was as dominant of a game as you're going to see in this conference, um, and really he did it in, in a variety of ways. But the thing that impressed me the most about Tubelis was he beat Utah down the court consistently, and Arizona finished with only 13 fast break points, but even times where it wasn't considered a fast break, he was just beating Utah to the spot consistently and uh, scoring on the on the glass and really Utah just had no answer. They tried to go small, um, it didn't work. Uh, you know he had 
uh, four offensive rebounds in the game. Uh, you know, he they just there's nothing that Utah could do. And a lot of times, you know, you want him to kind of match the effort. Seven of eleven in the first half for sixteen points. Second half, sixteen points. Uh, seven of thirteen. I mean, he just had a a complete game, and. When he's playing like that, when he's fully engaged and he's playing aggressive and running hard every play, which happens more often than not, um, there aren't many players in the entire conference that are better than him. And he just makes Arizona significantly better in every way because Utah didn't do it as much as they should have. But eventually, when you have a guy like that, you're going to have to double team him inside. And that opens up everything else for Arizona. And, you know, you can make the case Arizona shot three of 18 from three. Um, you know, had they gotten a, a better percentage, it, it would have been a lot because of Tubelis and the way that Utah was eventually uh, forced to guard him. Tonight was a little unusual for this uh, team just because they did not start with Kier Krisa. He did not play. Justin Kyer did play pretty well. What do you make of this whole situation? Yeah, so with Kyer, uh, you know, six points didn't shoot well, two of 11 shooting. Um, but I think the big story is he was able to come on at eight assists, one turnover, six rebounds. And what makes it even more unique is that this was a very kind of last-minute thing. Like Arizona went into the game thinking Kirk Riso was going to get the start at point guard, and he didn't. And uh, Kyer's experience, he played 33 minutes, the second most minutes behind Tubelis. Um, you know, he's a guy where he's not a point guard. At Georgia, he did not play point guard. So for him to come and, and learn point guard at Arizona – in a completely new system, pretty much a new position, um, is extremely impressive. And, and he did what Arizona needed him to do. With that being said, it was very clear, especially in the first half, how important Kirk Reese is to Arizona. If you, yeah, if you have any questions about how important and who the MVP of this team is, um, I think Kirk Reese kind of put his name at the forefront. Ben is great. Obviously, Tabellis is great. Um, but this offensive flow in the first half, um, and there were some changes made at halftime that you could tell the bigs got a lot more involved um, with the flow, but the ball just wasn't really moving as well in the first half. And Kirk Risa, I mean, the ball just, the, the offense just looks better, right? And, and it's funny because Arizona still shot decent in, in the first half. I mean, it wasn't like the, the first half was, was horrible um, offensively. They shot 42%, one of 12 from three. Um, still had 10 assists, you know, uh, but it just moves and it it felt better. And, and I think the biggest thing is the energy was off. And even when Kerr isn't playing well, the energy is there because he talks a lot of crap. And for him to miss the game, you know, against Utah, it's okay. But the way he, you know, and we'll get to it in a minute and overall, but the fact that he missed the game because he was goofing off supposedly – pregame and and you know I don't know what the exact um, situation is with injury a lot of times when a guy's not allowed in the arena and they reference injury it's a concussion thing it's a concussion protocol they don't you know if you look up when Arizona has had guys with concussions they're not even in the arena because of the lights and the crowd and all that but um, there's no question but you know it, it's almost a situation where because of Kerr's absence it takes away from Kyer and Kyer deserves credit um, you know, Tommy Lloyd gave him a lot of credit after the game. It is not easy to come in a new situation, but it's really not easy to be like, oh, hey, by the way, you're starting at point in 20 minutes, you know? That's, I wanted to give Kyra a shout-out, too, because as a performer in past lives and someone that appreciates 
a redundancy of, of a backup person. Like all positions should, you know, in a business should have a backup kind of philosophy. I think that this was a very impressive moment for Kyrie to be able to step in and to show the team that he can lead them. It might not be perfect. It did feel weird, especially the first half. But the second half, things like greatly improved with the adjustments that were made. I think that that gives Arizona yet another um, strategy in their in their chess game, basically moving forward. And I see this being a huge asset for the Pac-12 tournament and especially for the Big Dance. And you can make an argument that his most impressive stat was one foul, because if yep. he gets in foul trouble, uh, you know, no disrespect to Dalen Terry, he's Dalen's not a point guard. His, his best position isn't at point. If Kyrie gets in foul trouble, that screws everything up. Um, but he didn't get in foul trouble. He controlled himself and, and defended. Uh, rather well. I mean, Utah's guards really didn't do anything. Shout out to Raleigh Worcester, the best name ever. Um, I would like to play you one-on-one. Raleigh, if you're listening, you'll beat me, but it'll be fun. Um, and then Marco Anthony, seven points. The guards didn't do anything at all. Um, Stavanovic, four points, five turnovers. Um, they just didn't do much. And uh, shout out, there is one play I want to shout out before the next question. My boy, um, I forgot his name already. Uh, my boy Mahorsik, if you remember, yeah. he, he, he scored. I, I got to go back. I'm going to go tomorrow and look at it. But um, he did the too little thing to Christian Coloco after he scored on him, which is just stupid. He proceeded to miss his next, like, four. He missed the last four shots. I don't think he scored from that point on. It's like, dude. That's like instant karma. You're losing. Christian Coloco is a better player. Um your name is Dusan, so you're, you're not even the – you're the second-best Dusan to ever play in McHale. That's right. And then you go, and Christian Coloco, by the way, <laughs> proceeds to finish with 16 points on 7 of 7 shooting with five rebounds, throwing an assist, throwing four blocks in 24 minutes. By the way, we're going to have to start keeping an eye on Coloco in the single-season block record. He has 50 right now, I believe, and the single-season record is 102 by, uh, by Lauren Woods. So – It'll be interesting to watch. And shout out Pella Larson beating his old team. Didn't play great. Five points, three turnovers. Did have three steals. Uh, moved around well. Believe it or not, and I've said this before, I hate the plus-minus stat. Yep, Because basketball, team. like there's five guys, it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Pella and Justin Kyer had the best plus-minus. Um, Coloco, I'm sorry, Ben Mathurin had the worst among these starters. So take from that meaningless stat what you will. Another thing, I'm just going to comment, because I did watch the game tonight. My father came down from Cottonwood. He's not here often, so I got to watch the game with him. And the steals tonight, they had 10 steals. And just the anticipation, the one thing I was impressed with this team in particular is they know where the ball is almost at all times. And you can tell when they're passing to each other on the offensive side, but when they're on defense, it's pretty – unusual to see that in an Arizona team. It hasn't happened for a while where it feels like almost like preternatural. And some of those steals tonight were really impressive and they were able to turn them into points. And that is going to be another key, you know, offensive trait that we're going to have moving forward. 26 points off turnovers and they ate those guards up. I mean, Marco Anthony, four turnovers, Stavonovic, five, Worcester, two, Jenkins, two. Um, And it's like two and eight minutes for Jenkins. Uh, Booth Gotch was a non-factor. He hit two threes and looked like he was going to go off and didn't really do anything else. But you're forcing 20 turnovers, um, uh, 26 points. You're winning the rebound battle. You got more second-chance points. You're doubling points in the paint. 
uh, you're, you're assisting. I mean, Utah had nine assists on 23 buckets, which just isn't good. Um, you're going to win the basketball game. Well, we said last night, Utah's not great. Utah is meh, and they meh. played meh, and they actually collapsed in the, at the end of the Who do you like half. better, Utah or Colorado? I did enjoy the Utah game more than the Colorado game. But what, when they play each other, what do you... Ooh. Um... I'm, I'm going to still root for Utah. I'm usually kind of have a soft spot for the Utes. Who roots for anybody but Arizona? I don't root. They I play on uh, February 12th, by the way. I kind of hope. You know, I hope Utah beats Colorado. February 12th, Yeah. by the way. So we'll see when we get to that point. Um, but after the game, Tommy Lloyd mentioned Arizona's overall culture a lot. What was the meaning behind his comments? I'm sure there's some subtext there. And is it concerning? I think a few things. I think, number one, they are pissed that – it, Kirk Chris's injury came while goofing off pregame. Yeah, that's a mental. Uh, that's a mental. Imagine if this was like at UCLA and you're goofing off pregame and you can't play. It's bad. Like Utah, you could survive it. A better team, you can't do it. That's actually maturity. And right, and I think that's what that was. And it wasn't just a career thing. I think you know Arizona is going to be ranked third in the country on Monday when the rankings come out. And Sean Miller did this, and really Calipari does this a lot. Every good coach does this. Coach K will do it. It's like, okay, we're starting to feel ourselves a little bit. Let me return you back to earth. Maybe on Monday I'm going to run your ass off in practice Mm -hmm. just to remind you who's boss and what our goals are. And and I think that um, that's what Tommy Lloyd was referring to. And he's not saying that guys are fighting or there's in-house problems. What he's saying is we're not there yet. We want to build a championship culture. There's certain things and certain types of maturity that we need to have. And we're clearly not there yet. And he said it wasn't just Kerr. Kerr just happened to be the guy that got injured. And so it's like, why are you goofing off? That's not, if you look at the top, like, you know, Baylor, even though Baylor lost two games, whatever, they're not doing that pregame. Like the best teams in the country, it is business. We're eating our food and we're going to kick your butt. And it's good that they're loose and all that. There's positives in that. But eventually that culture, that stuff starts to get to your head. And, uh, and and you got to kind of nip it in the bud before it does. And I think that's what Tommy Lloyd uh, did tonight. And he didn't really rip into the team. There's been worse. Um, but he wants to remind guys, hey, we're, we're trying to win a Pac-12 title. We're trying to make a run in March. And we have to have a certain maturity about us and a certain championship culture if we're going to get that done. Beating Utah's cool and all. It was great. We beat him without Kerr. But that situation shouldn't have happened, and it won't happen again. It cannot happen again, for sure. And – as a, any true Arizona fan knows, Arizona fans and the players and everyone around the program really can't drink the Kool-Aid. You know, I do not want to see anyone on the cover of Sports Illustrated. You're one of those people. I, I just, always argue I'm just saying, with people like, on the I, boards. People on the boards who go, I don't want to see Arizona number one. I just, even the football program <laughs> in the past, when football's no. doing well and everyone starts drinking the Kool-Aid and thinking they're, they're hot. And what year was that, Shelby? I, I, you know what I mean. Over the years, <laughs> it's happened. But football, basketball, whatever it is, it just it feels like there's like this gypsy curse on everyone when we start feeling like we're, we are number three in the country or number one, whatever well, it at, is. I don't like it when we're in the top ten. It makes me nervous. Yeah, you're weird. But look at USC. Like, USC was feeling themselves probably, and then they go out and they lose two of their next three games, and it could have been three out of three. Yeah, and so sure. all of a sudden you're not talking about USC winning the no. Pac-12. They they had some issues now. I think it's just play hard, be humble. You know, true leaders, true winners don't need to brag. They don't need to really put anyone's face until they have That's the title job. in their hands. It's my job to brag That's and right. show it in people's face. You do that. You do it so well. 
I'm just going to be over here quietly, like, hoping that we just don't drink the Kool-Aid too much. But I know that we're going to keep winning. Also, Shelby and I have an agreement where if Arizona wins, because we've been watching Peacemaker lately, she will actually buy me a bald eagle. So if I mean, Arizona wins the title, I'm the new owner of a bald eagle. It's a federally protected animal. Right. I don't think we're really supposed to own an eagle. That's weird, because Arizona's uh, 1997 championship is also federally protected. Yeah, so. it was a great day. Yeah, Coach K and Jay Williams are also a federally Okay, I'm on a whole tangent now. Yep, I'm we're going angry. down another road here. No, I'm angry. We'll see about the eagle, but uh, I, I am... Worst comes to worst, you could actually just get me tickets to an Eagles concert. That that's actually would be a good one, too. I don't know. Are they even touring? Are they together? Oh, point made. You are getting me a live eagle. <laughs> Anyways, we HBO have... HBO should pay me right now. Some podcasts that will be coming up next week because there's a whole bunch of basketball next Oh, my God. I'm so excited. There's more 9 p.m. games. Yeah. Jason At least they're on the road. I love 9 p.m. games. And there's some football things going on. Arizona plays Stanford next. Stanford, who lost to Washington, despite the fact that Washington didn't hit a field goal for nearly eight minutes to finish the game. That's actually really impressive. Yeah, Washington won a game in which it didn't hit a field goal for the last seven or eight minutes. Like, that's tight. Like, I mean, the, the Pac-12 definitely has shifted, and it's a downward trend. Only Arizona's really kind of shining, and we're going to keep it that way. Well, the thing is, like, Oregon's playing well. And they have two Pac-12 losses already. Mm -hmm. USC has two Pac-12 losses. You could very much make the case, without getting too far ahead, that it's it's probably Arizona and UCLA right now. Oregon is hanging around, but like USC is obviously not really. Like, it, it's going to be very interesting to see. I don't want to get too far ahead, but it's going to be really interesting to see how many losses wins this conference. Because like Stanford was the hot team, like oh Stanford's won four in a row. Here they come as the next tour, and then they lose to effing Washington. Not just Washington. Just effing, effing Washington. Because they know how strongly you feel about Washington. two-time coach of the year, Mike <laughs> Hopkins. We'll see. There's a lot going on. A lot going on. And we are going to be doing these podcasts. A lot of podcasts. Yeah. Which I didn't know there were this many podcasts when I started doing this. Shout out New England Patriots. But I'm committed. Okay. Well, on that note. Thank you, everyone. I made cupcakes. My kids made cupcakes tonight. No commitments. Sorry about that. Yeah, we tried. And if you're wondering if we bake this much, no. But we have started the last week. Yeah, I don't know why we're baking this much. I don't know. Anyway, thanks for joining us once again. I appreciate you tuning in on Saturday night, ignoring your wife, your kids. We're going to watch Peacemaker now. Yeah, we're going to go do another podcast. Probably. I don't know. No, just kidding. Good night. Bear down. Bear down. Adios, au revoir, shalom, aloha, buenos noches, buongiorno, kumbaya. No, that's not right. What's what's the Italian version of that? I don't know. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bear down. Baseball has begun, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Samphill, every Monday through Saturday as we deliver all of your fantasy baseball needs in just five minutes. We'll break down the biggest performers, news, and prospects who could make an impact this season. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.